Well, hi, everyone. We are here uh, back to discuss the July Secretariat call. But before we do that, we just want to take a couple minutes and um, honor Donna Wachter, who passed away. And she was a fantastic leader for the LCME. Um, I know someone I loved um, chatting with her and laughing with her. And so we do want to just take a moment and pause and kind of honor Donna and thank her for her service. So, all right. All right, well, having said that, we're gonna get on with kind of um, debriefing a little bit about the July meeting. And it was a packed one, uh, standard eights, like all, all, the, all the eights, eights a, eights a nasty one. So uh, not nasty, what I mean is just full of things to respond to and reply to and show how great your curriculum is. That's really what I meant. Yes. Or it can really get you in trouble if you don't respond very well and show how great your curriculum is. Yes, indeed. Yes. So there was just like, there's so much we could unpack here, but um, time is short. So we just kind of picked a couple things that we're going to uh, talk a little bit about and how we handle it and what we kind of think they're looking for. And uh, what do we want to start with, Colleen? Well, so the, the big overarching is just curriculum management in general and how everything has to come from all those final decisions have to come from your mm -hmm. curriculum committee. Um, and one thing that Jenny and I just wanted to highlight was a lot of the discussions are going to happen outside of that, but the final decision and actions have to be made by that curriculum committee, but it really doesn't preclude you having the discussions with your, you know, your curriculum team, your student affairs team, the Dean should be involved in some discussions, especially when resources are involved to make sure once you make that decision, it's going to be upheld and you can move forward with uh, what the curriculum committee says they want to do. Right, right. I think I think this is why you have to have a really, really good chair of the curriculum committee. And whether that's your curriculum dean or if it's not, then it's it's that there have to be meetings that happen outside of the curriculum committee. And and it's it's such a balance because you don't want the curriculum committee to feel or to be a rubber stamping committee. That's a no, 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 no. So there there's really an art and a science in how to do this. And I agree. I think, you know, the pendulum swings, right? And so I think the pendulum wasn't, everybody was getting on probation and citations because curriculum committee wasn't in charge. And now it's almost swinging a tiny bit when I hear people talking a little bit the other way in that, well, can the Dean say anything? Uh, yeah, the Dean the dean can say something about resources and about what the vision should be. And yes, that that's like how it works, right? So what Colleen is saying is about making sure you're having lots of meetings. Yeah, I, I think everybody should be careful um, about some people will say they have an exec um, level of the curriculum committee. I would not go there because that just sounds bad. Um, is, like I said, is your curriculum committee chair and the curriculum dean and often the student affairs dean, the admissions dean, lots of other people having regular meetings, planning the agenda, discussing things? Yes. I call those meetings. I call those like my daily life, my job from like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., sometimes nights and weekends and overnights and like at 2 a.m. waking up in a cold sweat. That's what I call all those meetings. Yep. It's like our day. It is. It's the day job. Yes. Right. So because, again, you have to go in and then you might want to present. You might decide that, you know, you want the curriculum committee to consider three or three or four scenarios. And, and they really get to pick between those three or four scenarios. Right. You really do want your curriculum committee to have the authority to say this person cannot be a course director anymore. Now, does that mean that you just tell the chair like they're out? Nah. No, that means it's prior to that. You've had conversations with the chair. If the things are not going well, we are going to have to remove them. Do yep. let's come up with a plan together, right? So there's if if you don't have all that kind of communication going on, you're not going to be successful, right? So I think that's where the pendulum has swung a little bit. It's like 
yes, they absolutely have to have um, the final say on lots of things, but they, you also have to have all these conversations. Yeah. And it's important that, you know, if schools are not bringing to them uh, regular reports, this is why it's a requirement to have phase reviews and full curriculum reviews. But also that's why it's really important to have like your course reviews and your clerkship reviews. And you should be going over the data, as Jenny said, how are the faculty performing? How is the course director performing, clerkship director performing? Are there issues? You know, what are the action plans? Has something been identified? Then the curriculum committee says, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Let's collect data next year, see how that goes. So it's also part of all your CQI. So this is where like, it's really hard to decouple what your curriculum committee does from your CQI activities. Um, I know at my school right now, we're kind of putting, I think that back together instead of having such a formal disconnected CQI that operates in uh, kind of like outside of it, but but related, we're actually just putting a bit of it back, back into the curriculum committee governance structure uh, because they should be looking at all of those data points and making decisions anyway. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I know we're not talking about 1.1, but I will say that the LCME does not require you to have a CQI committee. And that's where a lot of schools have gone. We don't have a CQI committee. We sailed through it with flying colors. In fact, they actually didn't believe how much CQI we were doing until literally everybody could just, it's really true how much CQI we do. And we do that because our director of accreditation um, basically organizes it and has meetings with everybody. And we have a we have a regular sequence of, you know, we do have a plan of what we're going to review, but we don't have a committee. It's just we reach out to all the people that need to be involved and make sure we're constantly doing that CQI. So yeah, I, that's I, do, I, I do think that that's important because if your CQI is happening out here, how is that, you know, then you got to be really careful about bringing it back into all the people that really need it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I bring it up because we also to all of this, think about all those little meetings we're all having in our day job. It's a lot of the same people, but that curriculum committee is a lot of those people, but then also like the greater representation of faculty at large have to be on it. There has to be, um, depending on what your charges and your bylaws, what the committee structure is, but it has to be representative of your faculty in the school of medicine. It can't just be insular to, you know, a formal committee that's just made up of your med ed folks. Right. Yep. 100%. Yep. And then another one that was interesting was that comments made um, about the medical student feedback mm -hmm. on 8.5. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't state in there that you need to have a formal policy, but the way the sounds like the secretariats were describing it, that you should have in writing a way, writing, you should have in writing in an approved school document, how, when, where, what, all of that, you collect student feedback and what you do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because again, like a lot of places they say like a policy or procedure, like right in the DCI or, you know, and they're not saying that. So I'll tell you, I mean, it's been two years since we went through, but we don't have a policy on medical student feedback. But I, I guess that when I was reflecting on um, when we were talking about this, because see, we had a pre-meeting before we did this, because see, you have yeah. meetings, okay? Like that's how it works anyway. Um, but is that we actually do kind of have it documented in that in our curriculum committee, um, there is like an, a, a, a planning document. So as part of every agenda, there's a calendar, like literally it's got the months and it's like, and it's very clear, you know, in January, it's pre-course reviews, or I'm making this up, you know, in February, we review the GQ, obviously not, you know, in March we review, but so, so it's actually very clear on this document when all student feedback kind of comes to the curriculum committee. So, yeah. um, so that might be, you know, and, and we have a very clear process, like we can show calendars and document minutes and all kinds of things that show we actually follow this process for feedback. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. Um, 
thanks to your calendar. So I started building one for my own school. And I'm thinking of this could be a place where you also just um, document it kind of in a procedural handbook, whatever you might have that you give to committee members that you onboard new committee members with and just have it enumerated there that, you know, we review student feedback at these different points in time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, so I, so I think having it written down somewhere, even if it's not in a policy, is just good for you um, so that you keep track of this. Because I will tell you, we we do work with some schools that, that don't seem to have a, um, a very regular and firm way that they handle the massive amount of feedback that you get. And, and that is a problem when you don't have a, a regular way of doing it. So if writing also, policy yeah. helps you, Right. Also, you know, when people leave their institutions or something happens, um, it would be, you know, really helpful to have that written down. So it's already kind of ingrained in the culture also of when you do it. And it's not just Colleen left. We have no idea what we're supposed to do now at the curriculum committee. Yep. 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 Uh, you know, so I, I believe in that kind of the hit by the bus mentality also that I would like to have things documented so that, gosh forbid, something happens to me. Um, that my school could still know what is, you know, next up that they have to review to be in, you know, kind of the, at least in, in, in compliance with what we have said we review and how frequently we review it. Right. A hundred percent. Yep. So those were really, um, two of the things we kind of wanted to chat about. Um, and so we'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic that you want to hear about, um, please don't say 3.3. <laughs> I'm just, just asking, like, please don't, because we, we know that the LCME right now is still kind of figuring out what, what's going to happen with that. I know schools are having all kinds of meetings, figuring out how they're going to deal with GOTUS and how they're going to deal with their, maybe their, what their states um, have legislated, things like that. So I think we're a little early, but maybe later this fall would be a good time to kind of have a session devoted to that. Maybe we can invite a couple people on, but if there's other elements or standards you'd kind of want like a breakdown on and like how do other people do it we are certainly open to hearing that so maybe we can myth bust the myth busters later you know Ooh, i like that that's yeah. a really good idea okay. i love that so we all know that's coming this fall the it myth is, busters yes indeed yes indeed yes i love that so okay all right well until next month um we will see you again thanks right. a lot we'll see you then